attitude and not our ability to think. This morning, we're going to continue our, our lesson um, from last week. Um, I forgot to put part two, but we should be on we should be on the same team. And again, this is going to be uh, part two. In part one, we dealt with how the religious world is not on the same team because they are divided, and we see that that division many times comes because it's the doctrine that they teach. Um, there is only one doctrine of Christ. There's only one faith, as we read in Ephesians chapter 4, through verses 4 through 6, that there's only one faith. Um, and so when you teach anything contrary to the Word of God, there's going to be division. And so this morning we're going to take a look... Uh, at the local congregation. But before we do, I'm going to read again the, the scripture that was read earlier. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. From whom the whole body uh, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And so, being the body of Christ, we are to uh, work together and we are to build one up, edify, but we're always to do these things in love. Uh, just as we had read uh, last week that division is caused many times because of the, the doctrine of Christ, uh, they're, they're, they don't teach necessarily the, the true gospel. Um, I'm trying to find it real quick because I, I think this is a good point to make. Just found it on Angie's Bible, and now I have to on a blank. Here we go. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25, that there should be no schism, well, that's division, in the body, but that the members should have the same care of one for another. And so, oftentimes, division in your local congregation is going to have come because people do not have care for one another. They don't have the love that we should have. Remember in John and I don't remember, I think it might be 1 John, and John said how can you uh, hate your brother and love the Father? If, if we don't truly love our brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't have the love of the Father. And so we show our love towards him by showing our love for one another. Now that's why Jesus says a new commandment I have on you, that you love one another as I love you. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. And so in the, in the local congregation, we should be working together. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, Peter says, Ye also as lively stones are built upon a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up what? Spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. And so last week we took, took a look that the body of Christ is the, the spiritual house. That we are the spiritual house of God and that each one of us is a living stone. Once we obey the gospel, we have been made alive by Christ. But we are to offer up spiritual sacrifices. And the only thing that we can offer up is things that are acceptable to God. And the only reason that we can do this is by Jesus Christ, him being our high priest. And since Christians make up the house of God, we can only offer up those spiritual sacrifices. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 21, the writer of the book of Hebrews says, And having a high priest over what? The house of God. And so if we are the house of God, now we know who our high priest is. Our high priest is Jesus Christ. Uh, 
What did the high priest do once a year for the nation of Israel in, in the Old Testament? In Leviticus chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, Then shall he kill the goat of the sin offering, that is what? For the people. And bring his blood within the veil, and do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bullock, and sprinkle it upon the mercy seat, and before the mercy seat. And he shall make an atonement for what? The holy place, because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel. And because of their transgression and, and all their sins. And so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their uncleanness. And so notice the atonement was not only for the nation, not only for the children of Israel, but it was for the tabernacle itself. For the priest's worship to be pleasing before God, there had to be an offering made on behalf of the priest. And if we are now that holy priesthood with the new law, then Jesus has made a, an atonement for us and has made our worship where it is pleasing before the Lord because he has cleansed us in his own blood. In Hebrews chapter 9, verses 24 and 25, for Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands. And so, now this is the contrast. The high priest of the Levitical priesthood, he would go into the most holy place, which was behind the veil. But Jesus Christ didn't enter into that holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true. And so we hear types and antitypes. Well, that's what he's talking about. The, the old tabernacle was a type of the church. And so... But he entered into the most holy, which is into heaven itself. Now to appear in the presence of God for who? For us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of sacrifices. And so our high priest entered the most holy, that is heaven for us. However, we see he does not do this yearly. He did it one time. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28 so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. Notice it doesn't say the sins of all. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin on salvation. Uh, here we see he died for many and not all because people refused what? The true teachings of the Bible and never received the cleansing power of the blood. Uh, as we read time and time again, he is the savior of the body. He gave himself for it, talking about the church. In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, it says, Take heed unto yourselves and unto the whole flock unto which the Holy Ghost have made you overseer. And then it says, With the church that he purchased with his own blood. And so those that will not obey the true teachings of Christ, he didn't make his atonement for you. He only made the atonements for those who will obey his teachings. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Paul writing to the church of Rome. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, what? A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And so the old priesthood offered up to God, what? They offered dead sacrifices, those animals. However, we are made alive by the blood of Christ, and we should offer ourselves to God. We are offering not physical sacrifices, we are offering spiritual sacrifices. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
that you may prove what is that is good and acceptable and perfect, the will of God. And so we are not to be like the world. We are to be different from the world. And we are to conform ourselves to the word of God. We are not to try to take the word of God and try to mold it to fit our lives. We are to mold ourselves to fit the word of God. That we may prove ourselves worthy of the will of God. Are we to live sinlessly perfect? That's not what, what the Bible teaches. In 1 John chapter 2 verse 1, John says, My little children, these things I write I unto you that you sin not. Okay, And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And so what's our mentality to be? Our mentality should be that we will not sin. That should be our goal, that we will not sin. However, God knows the flesh is weak and has made a way for Jesus to plead on our behalf to him. He's our advocate. In 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, If we say that we have no sins, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Well, if we say we have no sins, we lie. We just added sin to sin. In verse 9, John says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. Well, is this avenue of forgiveness available to all? First John chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. If we say that we have fellowship with him, with Christ, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have the fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Well, if we've never obeyed the gospel of Christ, we cannot be saying that we're walking in the light as he is in the light. You have to obey the word of God in order to be able to say that you can walk in the light. If you, if you have never obeyed the gospel, you still have all your sins. You're in darkness. The blood of Christ will deliver you from darkness into his marvelous light. And so if we, if we walk in the light, if we continue in the word of God, as Jesus was in always doing the will of the Father, then that blood of Jesus Christ will continuously to cleanse us as long as we confess our sins to him, ask for forgiveness, and actually show some type of repentance. We are not the uh, say I'm sorry and not be sorry. We are to truly show a sense of repentance. We are to humbly submit to the will of God, and we are to change our life. And so we must already be doing the will of the Father. Serving God is regarding the very blood of Christ that redeemed you as what? Worthless. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy, who have trodden under the foot the Son of God, and have counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and have done despite unto the spirit of grace. And so that tells us there that this person obeyed because he was sanctified by the word of God. That he had obeyed the word of God and now you are, you are counting that very blood that sanctified you from the rest of the world. That's what that means to separate us. You're counting it an unholy thing because you're not doing the will, the spirit of grace. Remember what the grace uh, of God was it was the word of grace and so that's the word of God 
How do we have the Word of God? It's by the Holy Spirit. And so that's the Spirit of grace. You do despite what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. We as a local congregation must see the severity of allowing sin to direct our steps and not God's Word. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, again the, the verse with Peter speaking, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. And so as a congregation, what spiritual sacrifices can we offer up to God? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. What's one way of praising God with our lips? In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, Paul writing to the church of Ephesus, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And so often the songs that we sing, they're giving praise to the Father. They're giving praise to the Son and that sacrifice that he made on our behalf. And another way that we can, we can offer praise to God, and that's through prayer. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. Paul writing there to the church in Thessalonica. He says, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Notice this is the, only the will of God for those in Christ Jesus. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And so that goes back to that body last week. You have to be in his body, the body being the church, the church of Christ. That's how you can do those spiritual blessings. All spiritual blessings are in Christ, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians 13, uh, I mean Hebrews 13, verse 16. Uh, this is another way that we can offer sacrifices to God. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. And so good works. Uh, remember our study of the seven churches of Asia. God says that this is a sacrifice that is well pleasing to him. When the church is doing those good works, well, the only way that we can do those good works is through our giving. And many times, uh, and so, and then it shows to communicate. Well, that word communicate there comes from the Greek word koinonia, and it means uh, contribution or distribution. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4, Paul is, is talking about uh, money that was given for the saints, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift. Well, that was the offering. And take upon us the fellowship. Well, that's the contribution, the distribution of the ministering of the saints. And so they were they were giving uh, funds to help with the work. This was the offering from the churches in Macedonia being used for the saints. But can that offering only be used for the saints? Let's see what verse, uh, 2 Corinthians 90, verses 12 and 13 tells us. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the one of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Why by the experiment of this ministration of the, uh, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution. Well, that's our same word there to, to communicate, that same Greek word, unto them, talking about the saints, and to all men. 
And so the funds of the church can be used for the saints, but it can also be used for all men. A member, uh, I believe it's James that said, do good unto all men, especially the household of faith. We are to do good works unto all men. Now, are we to do good works to draw them in? No. We, are, we, we shouldn't be doing, that shouldn't be the sole purpose that we're supplying food and stuff to bring the masses in. Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. We are to preach the gospel of Christ. If they're not here to hear the word of God, God doesn't want them. God only wants those that are diligently seeking him, Hebrews 11, 6. They, he wants that true faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27 this is another way that we, we are uh, offering uh, spiritual sacrifices to God. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the blood, the body and the blood of the Lord. Well, what does that mean, unworthily? Well, none of us is worthy of what he did on our behalf. Right? We, none of us deserve what Jesus did for us. Now, what does Romans 6.23 tell us what, what we're worthy of? For the wages of sin is death. Right? The, the way that we have lived our life up to the point of the gospel, we deserve death. So that's not what it's talking about. Being unworthy would be uh, partaking in the Lord's Supper and not having your mind focused. That's why we, we sing a song that's pertaining to his death. And then we, we, we read some scripture um, pertaining to his death and the implementation of the Lord's Supper so that we always have our mind focused on that body and blood of Jesus Christ. In verse 28 he says, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. And so how would one partaking in the Lord's Supper do it so unworthily? And that you go back to verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. And so that's your focus. That's how you would drink or eat. If you're worried about, well, what are we having for lunch? Or uh, I've got to get home for the ball game. Then you're, you're not focused on who we're here to serve. Should not our focus be on our Lord and his sacrifice? The very emblems we use represents, represents Christ's blood and body and the suffering that he went through for us. In Romans chapter 15, verse 16, listen to another spiritual sacrifice. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. This is Paul speaking. Ministering what? The gospel of God. That the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And so preaching the gospel of Christ and the results of it is an offering to God. Gentiles were converted by the work Paul did in ministry and preaching the gospel. Their obedience to the gospel is an offering to the Lord. And so when we preach the word of God, we offer the, the invitation. When those who, who have never obeyed before, when those that obey that, that is an offering acceptable to God. Because why? Because they were sanctified by the Holy Spirit. They were sanctified by the word of God. Did you notice what God wants is acceptable spiritual sacrifices? It's just the five acts of worship that he commands us to do anyways. Remember in John chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus says, For God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 
And so we can only do it by what he's told us to do. How are we to get these things accomplished? How are we going to get the works, the, the, the spiritual sacrifices that God would have us offer, how are we going to get these things accomplished? We must all work together. In Romans chapter 12, verse 4, Paul writes to the church at Rome, For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. Well, here he's talking about our physical bodies. We have many members, but... My, what my pinky does, my nose doesn't do, and so forth and so on. However, they work together so that the body, what, may have life. In Romans chapter 12, verse 5, now he's going to swap from the physical body to what, whose body? The body of Christ, the spiritual body, the church. So we, being many, are one body, where? In Christ, location. Everyone members one of another. Without members, the congregation dies. Without every member doing their part, the congregation suffers. In Romans chapter 12, verses 6 or 8. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Well, here it's, it's in the miraculous age. And so uh, some were given multiple gifts and some were given maybe one gift. And so that's why you notice what is being listed here, whether prophecy, let us prophecy according to the proportion of faith. Well, that again, that goes to the measure of, of the abilities that they were given. But some of these you can make application to today. Or ministering, let us wait on our ministering. He that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. And so again, in the first century, they had these miraculous gifts of the Spirit. However, God still blesses individuals with gifts or talents to be used for who? His glory, for His service. And so we are to use the abilities that God has blessed us with in order to serve Him. Uh, even with those spiritual gifts, those miraculous gifts, they were to have one purpose. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12. Even so, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, so that's this miraculous gift, seek that you may excel in what? To the edifying of the church. Even with their spiritual gifts, see that in Corinth they had a problem. They coveted speaking in tongues over all other gifts, but they weren't edifying one another. Paul is saying that if the church isn't being edified, these spiritual gifts are not of any use. And so how do you do it? How do you, uh, in order to edify the church, how are you to get these things done? What well, is some of the duties of the church? Uh, servants would be ministering, right? Uh, that's just what that word there means. It, it Ministers means servant. And so you're ministering. Teaching, uh, we have teachers. Exhorting would be comforting, encouraging, that's what that word exhorting means. Giving, it, it can be in time or money. Ruling and diligence, well then that goes back to uh, the, the elders. Okay, and so how are, the, how are they, what's that word diligence there mean? Well, it comes from the Greek word spud, and it, it just means speed. Uh, by implication, dispatch, eagerness, earnestness, business, 
earnest, careful, carefulness, diligence, forwardness, and haste. Elders to rule in expediency so that the work of the Lord in the local congregation can be done. That's where they rule. Uh, we can't rule outside the word of God, right? The, the elders have no authority outside the word of God. But they are to rule in expediency. In order to get the worship service, uh, they rule in those areas. Merciful, that means eager to show mercy. Um, and this is how the work get done. How, how, how are those things going to be accomplished? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 and, some, and he gave some apostles but we know there's no modern day apostles because the qualification for the apostle where they had to see him uh, before the uh, after the resurrection before his ascension. And some prophets well, we know that prophecy uh, there's no modern day prophets because it, it tells us back in Zechariah that, um, that the Prophets of the land and the evil spirits would leave the land. And some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Well, evangelists are preachers. Pastors are your elders. That's where the religious world has that messed up. They want to say their pastor is their preacher. But we know that the pastor there is just another word for elder. Teachers can be Bible studies. That can be done at home or congregational. And why are we to do these things? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints. It's really to make us grow spiritually. For the work of the ministry. Well, what's our ministry? We are to teach and save the lost. We are to bring the gospel of God into the whole world, the gospel of Christ. And they are to, it is for the edifying of the body of Christ. However, those appointed to these positions have a great responsibility. Those that are teaching the Word of God, those that are uh, preaching the Word of God, and then the elders, what were they told uh, in Acts chapter 20 to do? They were told to feed them the Word of God. And so it's a great responsibility in order to be pleasing to God and for this work to be done. In 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 11, it says, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praised and dominion forever and ever. And so when we get up here teaching or preaching, if we're truly using the word of God, it's like the word of God is speaking directly to you. And so we have a great responsibility to not misuse the word of God. If we misuse the word of God, we are not speaking as the oracles of God. We are speaking lies. We are manipulating the word of God. We are perverting the word of God. And we are going to lead the flock astray. It has to be preached correctly because it is his thoughts and his will. Truth must prevail. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 15 and 16. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in the hymn in all things which is the head even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love there is a lot of information here we are not to speak the truth in hate but in love remember if we speak in hate you're going to cause division because we didn't do it with love 
the whole body is being affected, and every member must do their part to make the work happen. Notice it says, the according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. It doesn't say some parts, it says every part. In doing so, we are increasing spiritually our faith. I'd say over the last year, this congregation's faith has grown tremendously. Tremendously. I see it in every one of you. And hopefully in number. That's that's the that would be converts. Because we are edifying one another with God expects all members to contribute. Can women serve in all capacities? 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. But I suffer not a woman to teach for the use of authority over the man, but to be in silence. So we know that there is restrictions where the woman cannot teach in mixed assemblies. Um, they can teach children, including boys, who have not obeyed the gospel of Christ. They can also teach women classes. They are just not in a leadership role in a mixed assembly. But to say that they cannot teach doesn't make any sense. As we have been doing our Bible studies with that, with the, uh, it's a group study. And so the women are teaching the men just as much as the men are teaching. But women have very much knowledge and that we shouldn't uh, say because they're a woman that they, they, they have that, that right. But even every time we sing as a congregation, guess who's teaching? Those women are teaching. That's what the Word of God tells us. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the Lord of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. Well, how are we doing that? In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, they are teaching, but it's, it's not in a leadership role. We don't have a, a woman song leader. But they are still teaching us because they are participating in song and worship. When the men pray, the words we and us are used and not I and me because it is prayer offered to everyone present. Women give of their means to support the work. They too partake of the Lord's Supper. A way to help in that spiritual sacrifice is to prepare the cups beforehand and clean them up afterwards. That's a way to help. Preaching, how can they contribute in the preaching? Well, let's go back to what the Bereans did in Acts chapter 17, verses 10, and 10 through 12. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming there, coming thither, went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those of Thessalonica. Well, how were they more noble? In that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Okay, well, let's see who, who, who searched the scriptures. Verse 12, therefore many of them believed, many of the Bereans believed, also of honorable women which were Greeks, and of men not a few. And so here we see Gentile women. They were those honorable uh, Bereans that would search the scriptures daily to check out. And so uh, with our past election, we, we use this word a lot. The lessons are to help them as well. They are to be fact-checkers. They are to make sure that the Word of God harmonizes, that we are not saying things that are not so. And it's always been mine and Jimmy's take. If we say something wrong, please come to us. We don't want to teach any falsities. What are other ways they can contribute to the Lord? Uh, cleaning the building, door greeting, sending thank you cards to the visitors, preparing meals for those who are suffering. That would be mourning, sick, physical impairments. 
but these can be performed by the men as well. And generally, these are given to women because the men are authorized to serve in the leading of the worship service. And so it's not, well, these are womenly duties. It's just ways that you can serve. Um, we are all in this together, and so these are not beneath the men to do, but there is restrictions on certain things that the women are not able to do. And so these are just ways that, that, that women can serve the Lord. Whether a man or a woman, we should all be honored to serve the Lord in his church. We should all. We should all remember when we're partaking of that Lord's Supper, uh, uh, Supper, his sacrifice. We should all be honored to come here and serve God. We should not look for reasons to excuse us from serving. Does Jesus allow it with his disciples? Let's see a lesson that Jesus taught in Luke chapter 14, verses 15 through 18. And when one of them sat at meat with him, heard these sayings, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. And sent his supper, uh, servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs to go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And so this man, what? He let physical possessions keep him from the Lord. Luke chapter 14, verse 19. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them, and I pray thee, have me excused. What, what did this man allow to get in his way? This man let his work get in the way. Notice, he now he bought possessions, but the possessions were for his livelihood, his work. He was wanting to go prove those oxen. Luke chapter 14, verse 20. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. And so this man let his family keep him away. Luke 14, verse 21. So the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to the servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. Luke, who was called now, not the wealthy, not the ones physically whole, were these willing to come to the Lord? Luke uh, chapter 14, verse 22, And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. Those did show up, but there was still more room. Uh, the ones with true hardships gave no excuse. They were here. I remember Brother Frank when the pandemic hit. And, uh, Brother Frank said that he would rather come and serve God and die from the pandemic and stay at home and lose his soul forever. That's words of wisdom. He put God first. Now, should we be wise when we did come together? Yes, we, we were. We, we, we did the protocols. We did what the CDC recommended. We even got to the point where we were meeting in cars, but we were still coming together on the first day of the week to do the will of God. Luke 14, verse 23. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. 
And so those ones that were really chosen, the ones that were able to do much work, whether they had much funds to give to the Lord or they had strength to do the work of the Lord, the one that had a family member, so he would have been able to bring his family to help in the Lord, those were the ones that didn't want to come. Luke 14, verse 24, For I say unto you that none of those men who are forbidden shall taste of my supper. And so those ones that will make excuse, they're not going to make it to the supper in heaven. Remember that, that feast that we read about in the seven ch churches? They won't make it to the wedding feast. In Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 27, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, in his own life also. We are to give ourselves first. He cannot be my disciple. Now that word hate there sounds harsh, but that just means to love less. We are to love Christ more than anybody else in this world. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Jesus Christ expects us to sacrifice ourselves to him. We are to give him our all. In Luke 14, verse 33, So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Well, if, you, if I, I didn't put it in here, and I'm glad I didn't because we're past time, but this was after the verses about counting the cost. Being a disciple of Christ is going to cost you. However, the rewards are much greater. We have to be looking at those spiritual things. Uh, we have to have that vertical view and not that horizontal view. We are, a, we are to serve the Lord first. We are to deny self. We are to love the Lord more than anything or anyone. And so we should be all on the same team. We should all be striving to do His will. And we should all be loving one another. It's not good when, when the brethren doesn't love one another. And Lord willing, next week, uh, hopefully I, I can get the lesson uh, put together, but Lord willing, next week we'll see that the body of Christ is made up of many congregations, and they too need to work together to do the will of the Father. Um, so many times the brotherhood hates one another, it almost feels like, and they speak evil of one another, and... You don't see the brethren wanting to work hand in hand with one another to get the will done. But I do have encouraging words. These gospel meetings that this congregation has supported. When I reached out to brethren in the, uh, in the brotherhood, I've been warm welcome. Lord willing, uh, Frank and Jimmy and, my, uh, and myself will be headed, headed to Holly Pond. Uh, they are doing a tent meeting uh, week of the 20th and so Lord willing we're going to go up on Monday to see what that's about we're going to try to maybe look at if that's possible we have to still get approval from the city and whatnot but we're going to go see if maybe we can do a tent meeting in the spring of next year these are all things that this congregation as a whole is making happen it's not any one of us it's the congregation as a whole uh, God continues to bless us and it, it is truly uh, we can see it and so if you're not a child of God, we encourage you and invite you with his invitation. Again, as we had spoke last week, it's not our invitation. 
It is God's invitation. And we offer this invitation every time we come together. It starts by hearing the Word of God. That's the only way that we can truly serve Him to be pleasing to Him is through the Word of God. Hebrews 10, 17, that's how our faith is made. Our faith is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We have to have faith in that. That's John 20, verses 30 and 31. And then we must repent of our sins. Well, that will come when we come to the knowledge of the truth and we see that the life that we were living, we were actually enemies to God and not a friend to God. And so we would need to repent. We need to make a turn in the right direction. And that's where repentance comes in. Jesus says, I tell you, neighbor, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And so if we do not want to perish, we don't want to be eternally tormented, we need to repent of our sins. That is, have a change of life that produces, a change of mind that produces a change of life. And then we must confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Well, why would you not want to profess that? It's by His sacrifice that He made on our behalf that we have this hope of heaven. And so you must confess him before man, Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33. And then you must allow someone to immerse you in water. That is to be buried with Christ. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 6 tells us that we are buried with him in baptism and that we are resurrected a new creature. That's because our sins have been washed away, Acts 22, verse 16. And then we're added to his church, his body, Acts 2, 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people in the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. And then you must live that faithful life until death. That is uh, Revelation 2.10. And he has promised to give us a crown of life. Perhaps you have obeyed the gospel of Christ, but you have allowed the world to conform you and not the word of God. And you have uh, started to walk in darkness. Well, as we have read today, we can always come back to God by prayer and repentance. And so if you need the prayers of the church, we ask that you come to the front as together we sing the song of invitation, which is song number 559.